Hi, I'm Zora Chase, and you're listening to Small to Scaled, the podcast that explores how accomplished business leaders went from vision to venture. In these conversations, you'll hear about their experiences and take away some practical wisdom that might help your business scale to whatever size fits. When someone has nurtured a business from just a spark of an idea into 36 years of consecutive growth, they inspire all of us who dream of scaling our business. Today, I'm honored to share the wisdom from Dr. Ivan Meisner. He's the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, the world's largest business networking organization. He's founded this company in 1985 with one chapter right here in the San Gabriel Valley where I live. And today he has over 10,000 chapters in 70 plus countries and has generated $16.3 billion worth of referral business for its members. That's what the B everybody. <laughs> Dr. Miser has been called the father of modern networking by Forbes and CNN. He's a keynote speaker, speaker for major corporations and has been featured in the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, CNN, BBC, and the Today Show. He's also an amazing citizen. Among his many awards, he's been named the Humanitarian of the Year by the Red Cross and has been the recipient of the John C. Maxwell Leadership Award. I think we owe it to ourselves to take a good listen today. He's He's got some really solid advice for us. So get ready. Maybe you want to take notes, everybody. Um, Dr. Ivan Meisner, welcome to our show. I'm so happy that you're on Small to Scale today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And please, please call me Ivan. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, um, I wanted to start out today by asking you um, a little bit about your original vision. Um, you uh, started this company, you were a business consultant, and you were looking for a networking group, as, as I understand it. And somehow you pivoted to start a big networking group of your own. Um, what was your motivation? How'd that start? Yeah, well, listen, I'd like to tell you I had this vision of an international organization. But the truth is, I just needed some referrals for my consulting practice. And I went to a lot of networks that were incredibly mercenary. You know, I'd go to the meetings and I'd leave and I felt like I'd been slimed. Everybody was selling to me. I, I didn't like those kinds of groups. Then I went to these other groups that were very, they were just totally social. It was happy hour and hors d'oeuvres. Nobody was doing business. I didn't like those groups either. And so what I wanted to do was create one group. And it was, it was the founders chapter, which you're involved with. Um, and I won one group that took the business focus, but not be mercenary. And rather than social, make it relational and merge the two together. And the glue that would hold it together is this philosophy of giver's gain. This idea that, that, you know, if I help you, you help me, we all do better as a result of it. And we, from the beginning, only took one person per profession. And what happened was someone came who couldn't join. And um, she said, would you help me open up my own group? And I actually, sorry, I actually said, no, this isn't what I do. I'm a business consultant. Right. And she was like, well, this is kind of consulting. You know, you're helping me build my business. Like, That's a stretch, but okay. So we opened the second chapter and two people came to that group who couldn't join because their classification was represented. And they said, would you help us open up a chapter? I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. And at the end of the first year, we had 20 chapters. And it was really at that point that I realized that I had struck a chord in the business community that we don't teach this in colleges and universities anywhere on uh, you know how to network, how to build your business to referrals. And so um, it was then that I sat down and wrote a plan to scale the company, to literally take my business 
literally from my garage in a room above the garage, from garage to global. And that's when I created the plan, which, and I'm, I'm working on a book called Garage to Global right now. Uh, and it'll talk about uh, some of that. But so th- that's the origin story to be and I. We now have, uh, as of this morning, 10,104 uh, 10, chapters worldwide. Oh my, how many members do you know? I, I don't remember the exact number, but uh, I think it's 278,000 plus. As oh my of, gosh. Um, yeah. I get a daily report on how many members, how many chapters. That's that's insane. Well, I'm in the founders chapter, and I love being a part of the founders chapter because it just feels um, like the spark was there. And um, I come from the radio business where we didn't even know how to give, we didn't know how to ask for referrals at all. And years and years of that. So this was all new to me, and I'm fascinated by it. And I really feel like that is how you build trust among people you do business with, and um, they really have the system down to make sure that you're on track to get the most out of BNI. Hey, listen, it's all about trust. Um, you know, you know the old saying, "It's not what you know, it's who you know." I don't believe it's either. I don't believe it's what you know or who you know. It's how well you know each other that counts. Because the question to me is not who's in your database. The question is, who, who's in your database that you could pick up the phone, make a phone call, they take your call, and if you ask for a favor, would they be willing to do it? That's where a network has juice. That's where a network has power. Those, those, that contact is a connection, a real connection. And so it's not just who you know, it's how well you know each other. And that means that you have to build a relationship, a professional relationship with these people. So they trust you. And once you build that trust, then you can then you can do business and you can get referrals. I get it. I, I love the. I love it. Um, over the years, you have written twenty six books, including one of them that I thought was really interesting called "Who's in Your Room," and in it, you discuss the importance of surrounding yourself with great people. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the first person you brought on to your business when you started the networking business of BNI. Yeah. Who was it and um, why? And then maybe you can compare that, if you will, to your most recent hire, 36 late years later, yeah. and how those differ. So one of the first people I brought on was a bookkeeper because I hate bookkeeping. And, you know, I was doing the bookkeeping. Uh, and you know, when you're a, a young entrepreneur, you kind of do it all, whether you like it or not. And so I hired a bookkeeper and she was fantastic. And it was amazing to actually not have to, to you know, keep the QuickBooks uh, account going. Um, and that was probably one of the very first people. And literally yesterday I did what we, we do, what's called boot camp uh, for staff people. So anybody hired into the company has to go through about, I think it's about three weeks of boot camp where they're not even doing their job full time. They're learning about the company. They're learning about the core values. They're learning about the vision and mission. They're having conversations with other people. And I'm the boot camp final. They have to talk to me about what is the vision, the mission, the core values. You know, they have to talk about the what is the foundation. And if they pass the boot camp final, then they start their job. Yesterday, I just finished hiring the company, finished hiring, because I don't run the day-to-day operations anymore. I'm, I'm sort of the Colonel Sanders of BNI. Uh, you're the spokesperson, but yesterday we, uh, I approved the director of global franchise development. So we went from bookkeeper, not even an accountant to CPA, just a bookkeeper to yesterday was the director of global franchise development. 
big. And this big is the difference. first time you've had this title, this job yeah. title. Yeah, we've had a, we've had a variation of it, but it's the first time we've had this full-on position. Yeah. So okay, I, I have to ask you. You've got ten thousand one hundred and change chapters now. Yeah. What is he tasked to do? <laughs> How many more can you have? Well, um, you know, BNI has done a very good job of having market coverage. What we need to do a better job of is market penetration. Because, you know, we, we can really, uh, we, we could definitely have millions of members, not hundreds of thousands. And that means that the individual, and BNI is a franchise, we're a franchise operation. So we need to work with the franchises, uh, particularly the master franchises. And a master franchise is usually like a country or it could be a large part of a country. And then the sub franchises need help. We need more sub franchises and they need help to develop their regions. Um, because our goal, listen, if we want, I think BNI should be a household name in business and it's not. And the only way it's ever going to be is if we have millions of members really changing the way the world does business, which is our vision statement. We wanna change the way the world does business. And in order to do that, we need more members. And that's really kind of what the director of global franchise development will do. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I've heard you say, uh, do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. Yeah. You probably know the Pareto principle, the 80-20 principle. I just finished that book, 80-20 principle by Richard Koch. I don't know if you've, it's phenomenal if you haven't read it. <laughs> I haven't read it, but I obviously I definitely know the Pareto principle uh, from right. economics. Yeah. Yeah. So it's saying to really focus on the 20% that you're good at and um, pretty much hire out for everything else, which I see you did right out of the gate by hiring a bookkeeper, because that's not what you like to do. No. Um, <laughs> so what can you give us some advice on um, businesses that are looking to scale? And are there some systems of delegating and creating some uh, systems in place to focus on where growth for a principal and what can you talk? What can you tell yeah, us about? The I mean, there's so much that I could talk about here. Uh, let me talk about delegation. But um, before I do that, in the mid '80s, when I started BNI, I read a book by Michael Gerber called "The E Myth," which stands for the Entrepreneurial Myth. I don't know if you're familiar with the book, I am, but yeah. um, it, it really it talks about look, people just think anybody could be an entrepreneur, but it really is different. It's a different skill set than just knowing how to make widgets. You've you've got to learn how to work on the business, not in the business. So I read the book right around the time that BNI started. And so I just did what Michael talked about, you know, the, the systems, write everything down. That was one of the things he said, when you're starting the business, write everything down. He even said, write everything down as though you plan on franchising your business, even if you never intend to franchise your business. So I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm never going to franchise this business, but what the heck? I'll write it all down. So I wrote it all down. And a few years into it, I'm like, wait a minute, why can't I franchise this business? And, you know, Michael's book just absolutely, I just, it was a blueprint for me to help uh, scale the company. Now, uh, I think, I, I think I have something really of value about, about uh, hiring people and delegating. And I haven't heard many people talk about this. When you delegate, as you hire people, I can't tell you how many entrepreneurs say, well, I don't want to hire somebody. It takes more time to train them than, you know, to have them. No, that's completely wrong. Yes, it takes time to train them. 
But when you train people how to do it, then you, 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 that's the only way you can ever scale is to have other people doing it, which means you need to delegate two things. Most people delegate responsibility, but they don't delegate authority. And so if you really want to do it well, you have to delegate both responsibility and authority. Now, on a learner, you don't give them 100% authority. As a matter of fact, in many cases, you don't give anybody 100% authority. You know, even the, the person who's been in the job a long time, there might be a, a point like cost. Look, if, if you're going to expend X number of dollars, you got to come see me before you do that. That could be an example. So maybe you're delegating 98% to somebody who's really been doing the job a long time. But for learners, maybe it's only 40 or 50%. You know, you got to come to me for this, 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 and this. And, uh, and then over time, you give them more authority, more authority, more authority. And then, and here's where entrepreneurs struggle. Then they're going to make a mistake. And that's the time for you to redirect, you know, spend time teaching. I remember... Oh, must have been 20 years ago. I had a woman who worked for me and she made a she made a five thousand dollar mistake. And that was that was huge to me 20 years ago. And I called her into my office and she said, Are you gonna fire me? And I said, um, what did you learn about this? And she told me, you know, what she learned, how she wouldn't do something like that again. And I said, uh, no, I'm not gonna fire you because you recognize. <laughs> you know, what you did wrong, but you can't ever do that again. I said, I'm not going to fire you because I just invested $5,000 in tuition uh, to, to keep you, but you can't do that again. So uh, you got to give them authority. You got to be, you got to understand they're going to make mistakes. Like we've never made mistakes. I made mistakes way bigger than five grand. So, um, you know, we have to recognize that. And if the person has the right answer, if, if they just made an honest error and they recognize it and they know what should be done differently, move on. That's, that's tuition. So you got to delegate authority, uh, responsibility and authority, but you do the authority over time. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And how many of us get disenfranchised by that person that makes the first mistake and then you hire somebody new and guess what? They're going to make that mistake too. Yeah. So what are you going to do now? You know, it, it costs to hire. So now you're really throwing away money. Yep. Very true. And, uh, you know, other things in terms of scaling, uh, I know everybody and their mother has said this, but you've, you've got you've to set goals and you've got to write those goals down. And you've got to, you've got to know your numbers. I, I mean, I told you we had uh, uh, 10,104 chapters. I got that report this morning, 278,000. I don't remember the, the, actual, uh, the number after that, but I knew it was just, we just went over 278,000. I got that this morning. So you got to know your numbers. You got to have goals. And here's what they don't teach you in school. You have to reverse engineer those goals, mm. meaning back up on them. So if you want to be at a certain spot by December of the year, where are you in November? Where are you going to be in October? In October? Where are you going to be in September? And you just backtrack it so that at the end of January, you know, where are you going to be at the end of January? What happens is people set these goals and, you know, it's like it's March and they go, oh, hey, where are my goals? Um wow, I'm nowhere near. And they're, then they're shocked because they're three, four months into it. You've got to have, you got to have goals that are in the beginning, at least monthly. We literally have weekly goals now and I, we get daily reports. So I know what's going on. These are the things that, and there's so much more. I could spend an hour just talking about how to scale a business, but these are the kinds of things you need to do. 
These are these are I, I'm I, you're you're going to make me get to work after this, Evan. This is um, some serious good information. And let me tell you just one other thing about the six six things a thousand times. What most people do are a thousand things six times. Mm. They're constantly chasing bright shiny objects. Oh, here's a nice idea. Let's try that. Oh, let's try this. And they're bouncing around trying stuff. So what do you, what are the what are the six things? And you know, look, it doesn't have to be six. It could be five. It could be seven. But it's a handful of things that you do over and over and over again. And where do you get those ideas? You get them from your mentors. You get them from your virtual mentors. Michael was a virtual mentor. By the way, uh, I talked about him once in an interview about 15 years ago. And guess who called me? He called me and said, hey, I heard your interview yesterday. I just want to say thank you for all the nice things you said. And Michael and I are now really good friends. So you learn from virtual mentors, from books, from podcasts like this. You know, if people like what you're talking about, you're a mentor to them. So you learn about things from mentors who you trust, and then you do those things a thousand times, not, not, don't do, don't do a thousand things six times, do six things a thousand times. Right. It, you don't set those goals and then you find your business um, not performing and, and you'll wonder why. You know, I, I, I did read, um, I, I read part of Michael's book, I'm just getting started, but it scared the bejesus out of me because the first chapter was 80% of small businesses fail and yep. then um, in the first five years. And then if they make it to the next five years, 80% of those businesses fail. I mean, those are numbers that stuck in my head. I'm on, I'm on my, you know, power walk, yeah. listening to that going, oh my God, I need to get serious. Cause it's serious. If you're doing this, you're not doing it to play games. You're, you're doing yeah. this because you really want to have a viable business and maybe something that's multi-generational and help others while you're at it. Um, and you're not going to do that without a roadmap. Well, you shouldn't do that without a roadmap, but uh, a lot of people do do it without a roadmap. They they just wing it, and you know that's whole. That's Michael's whole concept is that you know you're good at doing X, and so you, you just think you can run a business doing that. When in fact, scaling a business, being an entrepreneur, is a little, it's different than than being really good at doing X, and um, uh, you know that's that's his whole concept, and I yeah. followed it. But wonderful, wonderful. Well, well, I have heard you say, um, write everything down, train people, delegate people so that eventually they can have the authority, but they start with some responsibility and you build from there yep. and set goals, write them down, uh, know your numbers back and forth and reverse engineer your game plan. Um, this, this is a lot of amazing information and I really appreciate it. Is there anything else that I failed to ask you before we end the episode? Anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. I, you know, I have one other suggestion in terms of scaling a business. Mm-hmm. I believe that an entrepreneur, look, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get to do what you want to do. So I had to do bookkeeping until I could hire a bookkeeper. We all have to do you know, different roles until we get to let it go. So I would suggest that entrepreneurs put it in this mental framework. You're either working in your flame or you're working in your wax. And when you're working in your flame, you're excited, you're passionate, you love it. People can hear it in your voice. They can see it in the way you behave. But when you're working in your wax, you hate it. It's taken all your energy away. People can hear that in your voice and they can hear that in, and see that in the way you behave. So you want to be a great entrepreneur, work in your flame and surround yourself with people that are in your wax, 
that, that they're, they're what, what the services they do for you are your wax. Right. So that they're better, like the bookkeeper that I hired, right. right? I hired her. She came to me and said, uh, it was like the second month. She said, we were off by five pennies, five cents. Took me a couple hours. I found it. We balanced the books. Now, I told that to a friend of mine. He said, did you reprimand her? I said, why would I reprimand her? He said, well, she took two hours to find five cents. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I congratulated her. And here's why. What if it were 50 bucks? What if it were $500? You know, if it were 50 bucks, I'd be like, hey, close enough. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to mess with it. But what if it were $500? She wouldn't go home. You know, she would just stay there until she found it. I said, no, I complimented her because that's her flame. She was excited. And you got to you gotta reward that excitement with recognition. So work in your flame, not in your wax. Find people to do stuff that's your wax. And the more you can do that over time, the more successful you're going to be. That's amazing advice. Thank you. Is there um, a way that we can connect with you online or how do we find you if uh, for questions or to sure. join your organization? Well, anyone interested in BNI, uh, go to BNI.com and you can get lots of information on chapters. Most of our chapters right now are meeting by Zoom, but we're gradually, as things get better, be moving out and meeting in person again. Um, and I have a blog, Ivan Meisner. .com, M-I-S-N-E-R, IvanMeisner.com. I've been writing since 2007, twice a week. So there's tons of free content there. And I'm all over social media, probably most active on Facebook, facebook.com slash founder is my public uh, Facebook page. But I'm on all of them, Twitter, you know, everything, Instagram, all of them. Are you on Clubhouse yet? I am on Clubhouse. Um, the jury's out for me. <laughs> <laughs> on whether it the, the time is worth it, but I am I am on Clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, I, I have it in the background. Sometime I'm getting yeah. ready in the morning. I'll I'll throw the you know Clubhouse on my phone. But yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see. I've yet to like actually raise my hand in that, but yeah, I'm checking it out too. Um, well, perfect. I will put these this information in the show notes for our listeners to find you easy easily. But um, thank you, um, Ivan, for being here today. It was really a, a gift to our listeners, and I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Happy to come back anytime. Okay. And for all of our listeners, thank you for listening to the podcast today. This is part of a regular series that shares perspectives from business leaders and entrepreneurs on how a vision can become a venture and your dream job. It was created out of my vision to venture and day job, Chasing Nectar Digital Solutions. We help SMBs scale with digital ads. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with your podcasting friends. I'd love to hear from you too. I'm at zchase at chasingnectar.com. Let's get your business to scale and keep your vision moving into your venture.